Welcome, everybody, to the Coffee and Code Cast, a weekly live stream tech podcast where we talk about neither coffee or code. I'm Kyle Johnson. And I'm Mike Sheehan today on the cast. In our follow-up and show news, we're going to take a uh, check-in with Kyle's do-it-yourself project, get an update. I see some cool thing on the table over here. want to hear more about that. And uh, we're going to part two for our main topic today. We talked about last week organizing your reorganizing, restructuring your tech teams. And today we're going to continue on talking about office culture and how you, uh, how do you what? How you, the space, your workspace. That's what I was trying to say. I haven't had any beers yet, I promise. How to piss people off. Yeah. And in the news, we got quite a bit of news that came out the last few days. I'm going to try to talk about all my things so that we can uh, push the Tesla news to the end or kick it off. We have more Tesla news? Oh, fuck, dude. We'll see if we have time for it. We'll see if we have time for it. All right. So that's kind of what we got coming up today. First, I just want to, um, well, shout out's the right way, but just kind of acknowledge our good friends in uh, in the Midwest, in the Silicon Prairie. You know, they've been hit by some pretty awful weather. They had that they had that um, bomb vortex storm that blew Was it through. bomb cyclone? Bomb cyclone, yeah. Cyclone bomb? That sounds right, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, which, which really like, brought in just some nasty, nasty weather. And then um, following that, um, they had tons of... Uh, well, the weather was so bad, it, it caused tons of flooding. So things heated up really rapidly, yeah, but the ground was frozen, and so levees have broken. I think now something like over a dozen levees broke, causing massive, massive flooding. Um, I think it's even worse than like in 2011 when they had been hit. 88 cities and 74 counties impacted. So this is uh, mainly because they had kind of a massive amount of snow coming really, really rapidly, right? Yeah, and ice, then snow, yeah. Suddenly, like, and then a sudden heat up. Yeah. Melted all that snow and ice that they had accrued within, like, weeks. Like, I kept seeing notices from people that I know in the area, and they were just like, can it stop snowing? Can it stop snowing? Can it stop snowing? And then sure enough, yeah, it did. It did, and it turned around so quickly that the ground, you know, that's still the frost is so thick that the water had nowhere to go. And so, yeah, it's caused just mass destruction. I saw something a figure as high as a billion dollars for the agriculture community alone, like the impact. And I've seen just some horrific photos of, you know, farms that are just obliterated. And uh, even a story today that that volunteer pilots are bringing planes in to try to get people out of areas where there aren't any roads anymore. Wow. I think I even saw that. uh, Did I see in here that Fremont? Was uh, one of the cities affected? Huge. Yeah. yeah. Hugely affected. Like, it's like there isn't a Fremont. I don't know. I haven't seen a whole lot. But Jason, I was talking to my brother the other day, and he had told me that, you know, even Dodge Street, when you get out there near Valley, is it, from 204th on, I think, is closed. So you can't even get out. And Dodge is like, I mean, that's like next thing to a highway out there. I and mean, that's a major thoroughfare going east-west. Yeah. Yeah. Can't access that. Can't get to uh, Fremont. So, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, I... Uh, I worked in the Fremont area. I actually worked in Blair, but we served at the Fremont area when I when I lived back in the Midwest, and I definitely spent a lot of time in Fremont, so I'm very familiar with the area, and that's, yeah, super sad. I've seen some photos on Facebook where, yeah, it's just, <laughs> it's almost hard to comprehend because, like, all you see is just, like, infinite water. Yeah. You, you don't even really know the scale of what you're looking at just because how massive the amount of water is that's covering the ground. Someone described it saying it's like an ocean. Yeah, it looks like that. that. Yeah. 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 Well, we're we're thinking of you guys, and and hopefully everyone's staying safe and, and getting out of the way. Um, but we've got listeners out there, and so we just wanted to acknowledge that top of the show. So, hang in there. 
Silicon Prairie. Yeah, let us hear from you. If you're if you're listening, let us know how you're doing and and uh, reach out. From some solemn and somber news to something a little more exciting, we've got our first Coffee and Codecast. I don't know. Do you want to call it merch? Marketing material? I don't know what you'd call it. It's marketing material. It's um, not really merch, maybe. We could sell them for like a dollar. I suppose. A nickel. Yeah, there you go. Sell them for a nickel. <laughs> That'd be merch. You got to pay the postage. Yeah. But we got Coffee Codecast stickers. They're really cool. They're the, the new logo that uh, our friend Yerne did. Um, got a really nice kind of die cut sticker. So like this, the, the space needle kind of sticks out of the top. Yeah, the top of the needle pops out the top of the sticker and it's got a cool little slant on it. And and yeah, the, uh, what is it? The Pike Market signage. Yeah, exactly. Very cool. Yeah, with our name on it. It's got a nice little like, I don't know, sunrise, sunset type background on it. Looks yeah. Looks really great. Sounds like you've already started to graffiti the office with these things. Well, I, did, I handed them out to some folks. What they do with them is their own prerogative. Well, I'll tell you what. If they fine. end up on the elevator doors, it's not my fault. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, here's the problem that I have with it. That's fine. You're handing them out to people. But I'm getting blown up. I'm getting accused. They're saying, oh, did you uh, put this sticker on my desk or did you do this? And I said, whoa, hey, I think that, was, that wasn't me. They're like, sure. I, don't, I couldn't imagine it was Kyle that did that. Well, I'm going to pimp the show a little bit, you know. I mean, somebody's got to get the word out there. I'll help a little bit. I'll do a little bit. We'll get out there. Well, I think well, we had a good plan. We're going to go down to South Lake Union, Amazon's campus, and uh, have a couple margaritas and then just, you know, plaster them in every bathroom within like a mile radius over there. I like this plan. And uh, that's, that's our recruiting. That's our marketing strategy. Yeah. But hey, we got a couple of hundred of these things. So, I mean, if you really want one, reach out to us. Maybe we can figure out a way to get one to you. Yeah, we can drop one in the snail mail. Yeah. And uh, tell your friends about it. Stick it to your laptop. Put them help on us your... get the word out. Yeah. Get they, some listeners. They look very cool. Yeah. The, the feedback on those have been really spectacular so far. Nice work. And I've already been asked about more merch. Somebody asked me when we're getting the Coffee Codecast tees really? made up. Oh, that's that's cool. I could We could do that. I think we have to, what, Lester had given me a ton of details on who he goes for the printing. So we've got a few sites, and uh, I think the min order is something like, like 12 you can do one-offs, but then you're going to pay a lot of money. You'll pay right. like 30 40 bucks a shirt. Right. So maybe we'll just get a, a small assortment. If you're interested in a shirt, let us know. And then uh, maybe we can get together an order. But Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Wow, we're getting some swag. That's pretty neat. We had a lot of people listen to the episode last week, too. The you'll Don't Rip My Nuts Off episode was a hit. <laughs> I, I hope people appreciated the uh, title on that one <laughs> right away. What in the hell is this? It could have scared some people away, too. I don't know. <laughs> it could have. <laughs> yeah. But it was fun reminiscing the old college days and uh, shenanigans that I got into back then. So it was fun. Good. And, and a lot of good feedback. Good feedback. People enjoyed that. And uh, in fact... My mom even gave me a hard time. She said, I hope you can appreciate that uh, Friday night I'm learning how to download Spotify on my phone so I can listen to this podcast of yours. <laughs> yes. Got to get her up to date on the new, newest technologies. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, she's got it now, so hopefully she can tune in again and check it out. Yeah. I know my mom listens too. I don't know if she's forced my dad into it yet. but Yeah. Well, one at a time, man. Yeah. One at a time. We'll get there. So what the hell's going on in here? You bit, you talked about this a little bit, your DIY project. Why don't you remind everyone what you're doing here and uh, tell me what the hell I'm looking at. Yeah, so I just wanted to do a quick update on this little do-it-yourself project that I've been talking about or I've talked once about. Um, what it amounts to is kind of a controller for Sonos. Uh, 
And the way that that might work is, is in this case, you might take kind of what, you, if you can think of photo cubes, you might have on your desk, right? It has like a photo on each side of the cube. Okay, yeah. That type of thing. And basically you put that onto a um, RFID reader and it picks up the particular ID for that particular side and is able to match that to say a playlist or an artist or something like that on Spotify or something in your Sonos uh, and kick off Sonos playing whatever that is. So let's say, for instance, on your side of your cube, you might have the playlist that we play prior to our show. Stick that face down onto the RFID reader. It picks up the ID, sends it to some software. Somewhere in that software, you have a, mer- a m- matching of that ID to the playlist URL or whatever you need for the API. That fires off a request to Sonos to say, hey, play this particular playlist on this particular device. And away it goes. That's pretty cool. And as soon as you pick it up, it knows that it's been removed. So instant stop. Oh, I see. So it's not just a queuing mechanism. It's it's like it needs to be on there when you pick it up. It's that's not, right. Oh, yep. That's very interesting. Yeah. Like so that. sitting in front of me, and I'll take a picture of it and put it on the uh, in the show notes here, as I have a breadboard. And if you're not familiar with what a breadboard is, it's basically just a way to do kind of electrical engineering, I guess. Yeah, without having yeah. to solder, you can just get little jumper pins, right? Yep, exactly. Yeah, plug and play kind of a thing. Yeah. So on here, there's a there's a board, an Arduino board, which I think you're for, <clears throat> which I think you're familiar with. Yeah, yeah. So got an Arduino board here that has a Wi-Fi connection, which is able to send and receive requests. Uh, we've got a power supply over here that gives a. I can do 3.3 volt or 5 volt, which is important because the Arduino is three. The uh, RFID reader is five, so I have to have two different oh, very good. Okay. flavors of power here. And then I'll, obviously here's the RFID reader. Um, so you would set things here in this particular spot to have it pick up. Um, and then away it would go. So currently, this is the only portion of it that I don't have working. So power's working. This guy's working. I have a uh, piece of software running on my Synology at home. Mm. So another piece of this whole thing is you had to have an API running all the time that the Arduino can talk to. And on my Synology, I set up Docker. So I have a Docker image that has the Sonos node API running all the time. Uh, if it dies, it'll just instantly restart it. So this can now talk to that API at my house on my, son- on my uh, Synology. Uh, so I have a lot of it set up. So the next thing that I have to do is figure out just how to make the IDs come from the RFID reader over to the Arduino. So that's my next piece. Um, and that's what these are. So these are stickers, RFID oh. stickers. Yeah. So these would go on the inside of the cube uh, that this thing would pick up. As soon as you set it down, bam, it would send a signal to the Arduino and away we go. So this was really cool. I did all this probably in about a day, a little less than a day to get all this working. It's an impressive setup, and I'll say this. I have worked with Arduino and Netduino and Raspberry Pi. That's a small processor. That chip there is probably the, what would you compare it to? It's like probably the size of a match matchbox. Maybe, or like smaller. a couple, yeah, maybe like the length and width of like a couple nickels stacked, you know, yeah. end-to-end type of thing. It's not very big. It's tiny, and it's super thin, too. It's not a thick thing at all. Right, and it's, and it's cape, I mean... It's not a, like a super powerful processor, but it's capable. It has a lot of functionality built into it, right? Right, right. Um, oh, Rain. Uh, we did hear from Rain. He says he wants a shirt. Oh, well. He's we gonna, can, He's going to have to come on the show first. I mean, that's been offered, but he's not uh, taking us up on that. Uh-oh. So. He said he wanted a free lunch, too. Ah, 
free lunch. Now we got to now we got to pay the people that are coming on the to show. Plan the show, and then once we have a plan for the show, then he wants a T-shirt and he'll come on and do it. Maybe if he helps me set up this RFID reader, I can help him out. Yeah, that sounds like a good trade-off. Yeah. Oh, good man. Um, I mean, I already gave him a sticker. What else does he want? I don't know. You know, rain rain's always jonesing for one. You know, some he's he's a, he's a good negotiator. I was what I'd say. So he's always. <laughs> Trying to get something out of the deal. There you go. He had a he did negotiate something pretty cool today that I could give him credit for is that we got a couple new guys that came in on Monday. Well, yeah, a few new guys came in. Anyway, he said, "Hey, you know, we should really take these guys out to lunch on Q Dub's time." And I was like, "Well, that's a good idea. Let me uh, see what we can do." So, sure enough, may have had a little crew over at uh, Collins Pub for lunch today. Oh, no wonder I couldn't get hold of anybody. Compliments of the uh, compliments of the uh, HQ. Yeah, Brian. Uh, Brian whipped out the uh, the old Amex there. I wanted some miles, so I paid for it. Oh, yeah. All and, right, and, ex- and expensed it. Little reimbursement. No big deal. So that's the uh, update on the uh, DIY project here. I'm still still kind of working through it. Uh, like I said, I need to figure out the RFID piece, but it's been easier. It's it's very overwhelming to look at. Like if you've never done any of this kind of stuff, like just to kind of get into it is very overwhelming. Yep. And and hard like. Just like anything, I guess you get into that's technical. It's it's difficult to understand at the at the onset, but starting to get my head wrapped around it, and it's it's easier than than it may appear, at least to begin with. So, I was just going to give you a hard time because when you were describing the process, I thought to myself, "What happened to just press and play on the old tape player, man? Like you're describing like 47 different processes. Well, this analogy <laughs> running through my Docker's got to be running, <laughs> then it'll auto restart." And I've got five volts and three point three to power this RFID, and the sticker has to be here. And it's it's actually a really cool project. It's just kind of funny, like how we've advanced in such a small time. Well, like, two things. Number one, I'm trying to get back to the point of like you know the record player, so I can just set something down and it plays, right? Yeah. Exactly. So there's that. And then number two, that maybe just gives you more appreciation for the record player itself, because how much technology did they have to have in the record player to get the record to play? That's all yeah, I'm saying. I know. I know. It's just the difference. You're just shifting it. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Um, you know, we get more people commenting here on Teams than we do on Slack. I'm going to have to keep my Teams open, too. He goes, he goes lunch first. Yep, lunch first. He said he'll, oh. uh, then he'll um, come on the show. Well, maybe we need to have a uh, Coffee Code Cast channel in the Teams. We could. Yeah, we, we could, could do, do that. that. Yeah, yeah, we could do that, too. Uh, why not? Why not? Um... <laughs> Yeah, dude, that's sweet. How are we doing? Oh, that we're doing pretty good, actually. Um, anything else you want to talk about before we jump into shit? Like, what have you been up to, man? How's your week going? <sighs> I'm ready for it to be over. Yeah, really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's been a busy one. It's been good. There's been a lot of stuff going on. We've made a lot of progress on our projects, but uh, it's been a stressful week, to say the least. Yeah, yeah, I know. You've had a long week, and you've had some pup issues and some other things like that, unfortunately, that you're dealing with, too. Yeah, those aren't the... Those aren't the worst of the issues. Most of the issues are project related, just trying to get things scoped, get things moving in a timely fashion. Oh, because you've had some scope adjustments recently. <laughs> a few. As, as I understand, <laughs> to put it mildly, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and, and an imposing deadline that originally was kind of a nice to hit, and now it's a must hit. So, yeah, it's, uh, there's a few things in the fire. Yeah. Well, not surprised. That's kind of how it goes sometimes. Um, well, we have a lot of moving things right now, don't we? I mean, we've got a lot of existing projects that are on their way across the finish line, but a lot of new things in motion since the acquisition, things like compliance and 
Um, I don't know. That's the big one, compliance. Yep, and that's where a lot of those stressors are coming from is is getting scope around those projects and getting those done in conjunction with things that we already had planned uh, that would have taken us right up to the deadline as it is or even over the deadline. So, Yeah, that's a huge one, and I would say, too, I mean, we've, we've had our big hiring run. So we, what? We've been engaged in quite a few interviews this quarter. Really, since Jan 1, it was interview... I, mean, I don't know. We interview hell. I mean, it was just like a revolving door of people coming through. And now that they're coming on board, it's very exciting, but it's even another slowdown because you got to get these guys up to speed and make sure they're set up and know how the systems work before you can get some productivity out of them. So it's going to take to, a little time. To be fair though, I think when I tell my wife that how quickly we hired these folks, you know, how many interviews we did as opposed to how many hires we had, she's kind of amazed. Like she, their hiring percentage is far less than, than ours is. Is it know? really? Yeah. They'll, they'll, they'll interview 20 people before they make a hire. Wow. So she was like, holy crap, how did you fill that many heads that quickly? So for, for us, although it felt painful uh, compared to other companies, I think we're, we did really, really well. But yes, there was to, some lost productivity there for sure. Yeah, it's good to hear that. I think that's encouraging. It is one of those things, though, because we are so lean, it feels like it just cuts into everything. You know, you don't, it's hard to find a chunk of time where you can be productive getting work done. Well, when you have, what, a quarter of your engineering staff in the interview, that uh, does cut, <laughs> cut productivity a little bit. <laughs> I mean, that is one, that is kind of a funny thing that's probably not typical. I don't think that's something everybody does. I remember coming into one of these things, and it was like a fucking, I thought we were in the Trump boardroom for a minute there, you know, like on The Apprentice. There was like, every chair was full of developers, and this poor guy comes in at the end, and he's just like, holy shit, man, it was, what's going on over here? It's a panel interview, but at least you don't have to whiteboard. That's true. We don't do the whiteboarding, which a lot of people have, have appreciated that. And I think we've still done a, a really fantastic job of vetting folks through the uh, coding exercise that we give them beforehand and then just the, the, the dialogue that we have on site, too. So I know we talked about that before, but it, it did go really well. And, and now that these guys are starting to sit down here and come in, it's been a very good process. For yeah, fun. already getting production. It's great. So we're moving. Yeah, exactly. Let's move. All right. AJ, last week we had a good conversation about reorganizing your tech team, restructuring, reorganizing. And I thought it would be fun to, because of, this is what's cool about the cast. Like we, sometimes we plan ahead for things a couple of weeks in advance. Sometimes like we just decide, Hey, we want to do something today. Let's just do it. And that was kind of the situation here is that this morning I came into the office and there was a bit of a frenzy going on because everybody, um, quite a few people on our floor we're running out of space with all these new hires. And so we had to reshuffle where people sit. And so our IT group and our DBAs moved upstairs. And so that freed up quite a few rooms and caused a lot of chaos. And so I wanted to talk about that, you know, because I think it as much as it's just kind of laughable, like, oh, just pick a desk and shut up. Like it really is one of the biggest points of contention, I would say, for the staff is when we move. Nobody wants to move. Nobody wants to move. People are never happy about where they're going, um, which is kind of funny because that always happens. And then when it's time to move again, it's like nobody wants to move again. They're like, well, I fucking love this spot, you know, that I hated three months ago. <laughs> now it's great and I have to move again. What the fuck, man? It's more of a disruption. It's like you have to pick up all your gear. You have to take everything out of your drawers. You have to move to a different place that you aren't used to walking to every day, right? I have that problem. I'll, you know, I, I moved to the office here and yeah. I, I think for... 
a month after that, I'd go to the bathroom and come back and walk right on past it and then be like, oh, shit, I'm back over here. <laughs> I'm now. not there anymore. Yeah. Which, by the way, you have a lovely office. I call it the Zen room. It kind of reminds me of like when I did some therapy in college, like kind of one of those spaces. I just want to go sit down and have you ask me questions about my childhood. <laughs> I don't want to ask any questions, but that's what I was shooting for. <laughs> I wanted it to be a big place that people wanted to come in and chit chat. Like I don't want it to be cold and, and, and not inviting. That's kind of the whole point. Yeah, it's very warm and cozy and, and you have some nice furniture in there. So, But that is important to a lot of people, my setup and, and whether it's a cube or a desk. Uh, it, it's kind of a, a huge deal. So like this morning, for example, I was kind of telling you, people were not happy for various reasons. Uh, some people had really nice desks and now they're going to little cubes and they're kind of in the open where they had a private space with a couple people and now there's going to be a dozen people in this open space. Well, and we've talked about this a little bit before, you know, like you, we have some rooms here that are pretty small, you know, you might put two or three people in them and then we have other rooms where maybe you're going to have six, yeah. seven, maybe, and it gets noisy. Like it's hard to work in those kind of environments. So you have enough people that even, even if, even with headphones, it's almost overwhelming unless you have something that maybe is uh, noise, noise canceling or something like that. Right. The other thing you have to realize too, is like these people are spending what half their life <laughs> sitting in this position at this place. So like it right. should be something that they're comfortable. Like we joke here about that. Like it's not important to, you know, it's kind of silly that people are making such a big deal out of it, but you know what? Like you spend a ton of your life sitting in that exact spot. Well, I would agree with that. And I would say that it is a big deal and that we should put more emphasis on it. We don't put enough emphasis on it here. And I think most companies probably don't either. Most companies would just say, Oh, grab a chair and, and make me money. And I would say that I agree with you because I know that I was already very curious about where I was going to and not very happy at first thinking, oh, I'm not going to have, I have a better setup now than I'm going to have. And I don't want to do that. I want it to be as good or better. And, you know, like we've talked about it before, like there's just, it seems like sometimes it can be differential, differential treatment, right? You've got executives that have glamorous suites. You've got you know, $100,000 renovations and things going on in certain parts of the company, the office. And then it's like, oh, um, shut up and just like grab a, a cardboard box and figure it out, <laughs> yeah. you know? Um, and so I, I do think that it's something that companies that want to be competitive need to consider. They, they need to have the ability to say, look, you pick out your desk or you pick out your chair. We're going to give you a budget or an allowance. You can have what you want, just like you can get computer equipment. Let the guy have his damn setup, right? I mean, for... Maybe you only say it's a thousand bucks. I don't know what it is, but you can do a lot with that. It's interesting that you say that too, because I think the typical startup life anyway these days is is now that you have you have the desks much like I have. It's the sit stand desk, um, but they have them in a very open floor plan configuration. You oftentimes, kind of, uh, I guess back to back, you might think of. I guess is the best way to describe it. And then there'll be rows of them. You know, just rows and rows and rows and rows okay. that way. So it's very open. You're, you're, there's no walls of any kind anywhere. No, not even like the little, you know, short cube walls or anything like that. No, just next. You're right next to the next person. So there's no privacy whatsoever uh, in a lot of these new startups, and that's pretty typical. So um, I think it's something that, as a tech industry, we have to kind of get used to. That's just kind of the way it works. But I am interested to know, like, what is your, what is your feeling on like? Here we can't really do an open floor plan because we have a lot of very structured kind of rooms that we utilize. So there's not just one big massive floor space like a lot of these companies, but do you prefer kind of an open floor plan with like maybe kind of like the, sh the short cube walls or would you rather be in a room 
where you have some separation? I'd rather have my own room. I mean, I'm joking a little bit, but I would. I would almost prefer, like, you have a nice size office. I would be fine if it was something that was even smaller than that, that was maybe down the hall. Instead of having four or five big rooms, you had eight smaller offices with a door on each side. So he had maybe 16. Oh, that's nice. Rain did say that your office is very cozy, by the way. Oh, well, thank you. He doesn't yeah. spend much time in there. No. He need, yeah, you need to go in there and check it out a little bit more. Maybe if you had a little... Um, you need to have some um, some offering. Like, can you have like a little candy bowl or like some treats or snacks? Hey, that's a good idea. Well, then I'll probably eat them all. Well, put them on the small table <laughs> so that you have to like turn around to see them. All right. All right. That's cool. But no, I would prefer if you just had these little studio offices, for lack of a better word, but just little mini offices where you could close the door, have privacy to take a call right now. If I need to take a personal call, there's not really a lot of room to do that. Got to go into the meeting space, but then somebody comes in there. And so that's difficult for one. Um, the other problem is you asked me, do I like cubes versus the, the rooms that we have? I would probably take the cubes over that because... I wouldn't even say cubes. I would say more of like an open floor plan versus kind of like we have very structured rooms that, you, that it's not an open floor, right? Right. The problem with the rooms that we have, they aren't acoustically treated and you True. don't have any kind of boundary. And so you, can't, you can hear a whisper. And, um, and on the flip side of there not being privacy, like the room I'm in... We have remote workers now, right? So we have a lot of teleconferencing going on, video conferencing. And in this, in this room, there's a lot of that going on. So it's not uncommon to have one or two people on a call, like on Teams, with their head, headset on. And then maybe another conversation happening uh, in the big room with the owl. So it's kind of out loud on speakerphone. It makes it really difficult to be productive. I think if, if people knew how much of a productivity killer it was, I don't think they would mind spending some money to, to, to make a better space. Well, and that's a little bit of a mistake that, that the company needs to address too, is not having smaller, um, rooms for, for taking calls or taking, uh, online conferences on a one-on-one basis. So, uh, again, using my wife's company as an example, they just restructured an entire floor. So they just moved an entire floor. Uh, and in that floor they have four, you'd almost think of them as phone booths, just bam, 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 right next right. to each other. Um, just wide enough to go sit in, has a desk, has a stool. You sit in there, you take your call, you leave. Um, but this company could benefit from something like that, both for personal calls that have to be taken and as well as for uh, teleconference, which we're going to do more. We have, you know, we're owned by a company on the East Coast. We have a company that we work with overseas. We have companies in Denver and Sacramento and here. So, I mean, there's going to be more and more and more of this happening. It's just a matter of how do we deal with it. It is. It's only going to be a bigger problem. That the project I'm working on now is truly remote, cross functional, whatever you want to call it. I've got half the team is here, half the team is in Sacramento. So that was going to be my ask too, was for some more equipment to have. We have the TV in the new room, and I want to get the owl set up so that we can have our stand ups with everybody and and see each other and that sort of thing. Even beyond, you know, whether it's open floor plan versus individual offices the other thing that a lot of people a lot of engineers specifically that i know have issues with is having your back to the door that's a big a lot of people have a lot of struggle with that i hate it you hate it too and you're in a particularly bad position because you even have on the way to and from the bathroom the kitchen whatever basically leaving coming to or from the building they walk by a door that has a glass panel which they can see basically directly in on you so you have it even worse than than many people but um I personally am not of the mindset that that bothers me all that much. In fact, I turned mine intentionally 
So I back faced the door. You did. I'm so surprised by that. <laughs> it doesn't really bother me. I, I don't have anything to hide. It's just that I'm one of those. It's a control thing, probably. Yeah. Uh, I want. I feel safer knowing what's going on. I want to see everything. I want right. to be in the back corner of the room, having a full field of view. And I don't need to. It's like with with a team of mine. I don't need to see what they're doing. They can have their monitors, you know, the opposite direction. I'm not trying to look or snoop. I just want to know what's happening. I want to see everything. Yeah, same. I don't. I don't necessarily feel like it's like uh, people are hiding anything or anything like that. I think it's totally a just a. You know, it's, it's people don't like to be spooked. You know, he, I think of of Rain, who's apparently listening. He has his big ass rear view monitor or mirror across it the top of his like, monitor. It looks bigger than the ones in most cars. <laughs> it, it is. I think it's about twice as big. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like, yeah. It's it's. I walk in there and I can. It's so funny, just like looking at. I zoom in on that. It's the first thing I see is like him looking at me, looking at the mirror. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, to me, like I said, it doesn't really bother me. I, I have people come up in my office all day and like. Same guy, Rain. He'll he'll just stand behind me, all creepy like, and not say a word. And then eventually, I'll just be like, Bleh. "Whoa, damn!" Yeah. Oh, I don't know. It doesn't really bother me. Whatever. If people want to creep on me, that's fine. I don't care. But yeah, I, I know it bothers a lot of people. So, being able to accommodate that sort of a, a a layout with the rooms that we have is pretty pretty difficult. Yes. And especially with the desk situation that we have, because the desks that we have are built to intentionally kind of hug the walls all the way around. It's a terrible layout too because these these desks if you're not in a corner then you have absolutely zero room for a monitor like the things you're basically kissing the monitor all day long these these are like counter they're not even countertop depth I think they're probably 16 inches maybe 20 inches deep and on the straightaway and so you just don't have any good space um yeah it's it's a terrible layout and why we keep paying people to come in here and reconfigure the damn cubes is another thing that just drives me crazy because it's so fucking expensive and they do a shitty job and it's never the way you want it so several times we've had to reconfigure it ourselves and it still sucks <laughs> everybody gets a desk and you can do whatever the hell you want with it here's your desk you get one and then you can't bitch again because you got your desk now go work right and move, you can move it on your own don't yeah. have to hire a third-party company to come in and spend five hours moving it i mean it's fucking insane how much business gets created around business how much you were talking about, like even just delivering the furniture, how expensive that can right. be. Yeah. Um, okay. That's insane. Cause like, if I'm just a regular consumer, I could probably Amazon prime some cool <laughs> shit for free. Um, but now it's the business and it's a, re- a commercial address and no, oh, there's 20 of them. It's like, Oh yeah, it's going to be 10 grand, man. Yeah. By the way, if you knew, if you uh, want to build some furniture for a living, there's a lot of money to be made in that apparently. It's insane. I mean, how many times do these guys come in here and put it up, tear it down, put it up, tear it down. Yeah. Um, Tens of thousands of dollars, probably more, probably a hundred thousands of dollars. <laughs> I'm sure probably for just for moving for some shit around. Maybe 10 hours total of work. Yeah. They bring in 50 guys for a day and then tear it down, tear it back up. And nobody's happy. They don't want to be there. We don't want them to be here. I don't know. I'm going on. I'm ranting now. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just, I hate the cube thing so much. I wish they would all just go away. I wish the. You know, the best thing that could happen is that this building being an old building would the old the old earthquake happens when we're not here, like on a Saturday morning, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> All the cubes like get obliterated and then we just have to go to another place that has normal desks. Move into the Wells Fargo Tower or something. Columbia Tower, more modern building. Smith oh, Tower. Sure. I mean I would the Smith Tower would be fantastic. Uh, I would love that. I'm sure there's vacancy there. 
Columbia Tower would be awesome too. We could go to the Columbia Tower Club. There you go. And uh, Mike's all about his status, big baller status. Baller status, dude. It's and it's on the seventy fifth floor. I mean, who's gonna bitch about that? Like that's the best view in Seattle. The Space Needle doesn't even go that high. Not even close. I think that's probably. I don't know. Maybe it goes up to the fiftieth floor. I have no clue. But that thing's on a hill too. It's further back than the Space Needle is. I di- I digress. Anything else you want to talk about with the office culture? The I, I just all I would say I'd make an appeal to to our our um, leadership. I think that they underestimate how important it really is to people. And I think there's a couple things there. One, like they all have fucking offices anyway, so I think it's hard to relate. Like if you got a beautiful office, you can shut the door, do whatever you want to do. Like, do you really know what it's like to be stuffed in a room with six people all day? <laughs> and and two. Um, we spend a lot of money on a lot of other perks, but I think this is something that is just always forgotten and just assumed like, well, nobody cares. A desk is a desk is a desk. And I would say that you could actually get a lot more productivity and, and, and satisfaction out of the team if they had a work environment that they felt like they could focus in and, and were comfortable in. Yeah. I would say you're just, you hit the nail on the head. If your environment's comfortable and, and something that you want to be in day in and day out, you're going to probably have a high level of productivity. Whereas if you're constantly fidgeting with your chair or can't get comfortable because of, like you said, the depth of the desk or the feel of the desk or who knows, there's a million different possible problems that you could run into. But I think if, if all that stuff works for you, then, then that's one less thing you have to worry about and one less, and you can be more productive. So bigger budgets for everything, for everything, bigger (laughs) budgets for, uh, office and office furniture. Yeah. I don't need a, look, I don't need a $1,200 Aeron chair to be happy. I mean, I, this one right here is probably like 150 bucks. It's great. I don't know. You were looking when you were in San Francisco. I remember there was a chair that you were looking at that would hold your monitor. You could like recline in it. So you'd basically be laying on your back looking up at the, the monitor and oh, then it would thing. hold your mouse and your keyboard. So you could basically like sleep in your desk effectively you could yeah it, it was a it looked like a high-tech dentist chair <laughs> and you had to get in and sit down and you'd be upright like a normal chair would be and you'd be looking at the monitor in front of you and then you know there's a few different buttons you press one of the buttons and all of a sudden the thing tilts back and you're in the recliner kicks out and yeah you're kind of in a zero gravity kind of uh, floating position while you work and everybody asked like don't you just fall asleep in something like that but they did a lot of research on this and said, no, actually, you're so relaxed that you can focus and get more work done. I don't know if I, if I really believe that, but that's what the claim was. And it was five grand. Well, it must not have been uh, too compelling because you never pulled the trigger. Well, that's a lot of money to spend on something like that. And you don't seem to have a trouble pulling the trigger on expensive things. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I like to trade up in certain areas. I really wanted the dentist chair, but I don't have room for it now anyway. I don't know where I would put it here. You can imagine if I brought it here, like, where the hell would I put that thing? How the hell would you have moved it from San Francisco? <laughs> yeah, it would have cost me probably $5,000 just to move it from there up here. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's something to look into. Maybe they're on sale on eBay now. Maybe people are getting rid of them for something else. Get a deal. Yeah. Well, thanks for humoring me there. I just felt like today it was very fitting with everybody moving upstairs and, and with the conversation we had last week, uh, this would be a good thing to, to bring up. And... uh that's all I got to say about that. What is this? Oh, <laughs> on Slack, uh, Gomer, your buddy, he, he said, uh, like a coffee machine that'll never get made. <laughs> there you go. Man, I was in a good mood until I saw that shit. Now the old spin coffee. Maker. What is the spin update? 
there's always a spin update and there's always kind of like sp- there's always Tesla news. So. There's always a, some spin in the update as well. I'll oh, say that. You like okay. that? Yeah, that was good. That was um, a good uh, segue. Yeah. Good segue. So they did come out with the March update. What? It's March 20th. I think it came out a few days ago. They're getting a little sloppy with their delivery updates. Uh, they had a lot uh, of information. Like you can tell how delayed it is by how long the response is, right? Like, Oh, here's our update. Instead of being like, shit, start shipping next week. No, it's like 19 paragraphs long about, well, <laughs> here's Jimmy, like in Brazil, like working on some tooling, you know, and they go into detail and show video. They are very thorough in their updates. So I appreciate that. They weren't always that thorough in the beginning. They're just like, yeah, we're working on it. Um, but uh, probably not going to ship any sooner than the end of the year. Probably going to happen early 2020. They are, I forgot the design, like in, in manufacturing, you have these different toll gates and like they've progressed past beta testing or beta two, I think now or something like that, but there's still a lot of kinks to work out. So we're what, two years on from order time? Oh no, I ordered this in 2016. <laughs> okay. We're already over that. Hurdle. Yeah. Okay. Dece- December of 2016. <laughs> um, it will be probably four years. No, it would be three years if I get it this December, right? Yeah. We, we should create some more Tesla ne- or not Tesla. Sorry. I love my Tesla news. We should create some more spin news because we do get Google hits searching for a spin coffee maker. Are you serious? Yeah. So there you go. We should, we should, uh, Oh, that's funny. Yeah. No. Oh, Siri thinks I'm talking to her. No, I'm not. I said serious. Oh, that's funny. Well then we should, we should, maybe we can put Tesla on the back burner for a while and just talk about spin Spin update every yeah. week. I'll just read it. Like <laughs> that would take me 15 minutes in our topic section. I could just spend that time like reading you know, what exactly what the update says. Sounds riveting. It's very exciting. Lots of videos and photos and um, the promise of one day there might be a coffee maker that I paid for three years ago. Well, I'm hopeful. It's looking up. They're, they're going to get there. I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. Me too. I've got a really cool, this is moving on from the, uh, the, the office culture thing. Um, this is something that you actually just uncovered too. And, and I have known about it for a little while, but when I found out about it, I was kind of shocked too. So if you're an iOS user, for anybody that's an Android user, stop listening. Actually don't. Uh, but did you know that you could, as uh, let's say if you're texting, for instance, and you've, let's say you've texted a paragraph. If you click and hold or push and hold on the space bar, yeah. you can move the cursor around as if it's like a mouse pointer almost. Like it, a precision is, mouse pointer. This is brilliant. This is brilliant. Whoever came up with this really should get like the Apple Innovation Award if they fucking have one there. They need one if they don't have one. This is life changing. How many times am I in the middle of a text message and I realize I misspell? A lot of times I would just send the text misspelled because I'm, I don't want to try to spend time to go back and fix it. It was very difficult to go back and I'd be pecking on the thing. Yeah, to would, be able to touch in the right spot for it to put the cursor in that location was incredibly difficult. Yeah, it would And it didn't seem word. like it was accurate. No, not accurate at all. It didn't do a damn thing. It hardly ever landed where it was supposed to. So yeah, like figuring this out after they've had it for a few years, I think, right? <coughs> I don't know when this came in. It'd be interesting to know what version of iOS this actually shipped with or maybe it's been there all along. I have no idea. Yeah, I have no idea, but I just found out about it a few weeks ago and I... It's, it's transformed my texting experience, typing, like putting notes in the iPhone, anything I do um, with text input, it's changed the whole thing. 
Game changer. The crazy thing too is you're not alone. Like it's not like something that like tons of people know about. I don't think because I didn't know about it. Christina didn't know about it. Dana didn't know about it. You, didn't, you know, like wow. so many people that I've like shown this to, and they're like, "Are you fucking serious?" Yeah, yeah. So because it's so important, you gotta say it again. But you gotta do what you hold, press and hold the space bar anywhere that you're doing text entry. You press and hold on the space bar. It should kind of gray out. I think all the text, all the all the characters on the keyboard disappear, and you just see the buttons, but nothing there. And then you can, yeah, move your finger like it's a touchpad, left, right, and some apps up and down depending on yep. if it's a paragraph. And boom, it's just a little mouse cursor yep. thing. It gives you a precision point to uh, put your mouse cursor wherever you want. So it's brilliant. Yeah, just wanted to bring that up because. Like I said, something that none of us knew even in tech. Uh, so clearly it's not a super well-known thing. So maybe other people would like get some insight of that. That should be something they talk about at the keynote. You know, it's like, they're like, oh yeah, we have uh, the new A9 chip has 85,000 million more transistors in the last. Who fucking cares, dude? But you say, look, iPhone users, get out your phone. Like, try pecking on some characters. We've got a fix for you. Press and hold. Holy shit. Look at that. Maybe Steve did that, you know, at WD, WDC uh, 2005. He probably did. <laughs> and one more thing. Yeah, right. People are excited. They're like, wow, we're going to have a bigger screen. He goes, oh, yeah, we figured out the space bar thing. <laughs> so, yeah, that was big news to me. Big news to you. Uh, let's we're, move on to some other news. Rain says it's been out for a while. Of course it has. Let me tell you what hasn't been out for a while, Rain. The Tesla Model Y. <laughs> uh, zinger. Yeah, buddy. Oh, man. I'm going to crack another one for you. <laughs> Enjoy. There you go. There you go. He's all hopped up on a Mountain Dew <laughs> over here. I, I, was, I thought that was a good one. That was great. What's happening now with the Model Y? What the hell is so, this shit? Uh, last week, Tesla had another big announcement, which was very a good day for me because that means more Tesla news on the show here. Uh, the Model Y was announced. So the Model Y is the new Tesla SUV uh, that they've brought out. It looks almost exactly uh, identical to the Model 3, just a little bit larger yeah. uh, in proportions. Um, and, it, and the pricing is, is much more in line with what the Model 3 is. So the only other SUV Tesla currently has is the Model X, which has got the big, what do they call those doors? The DeLorean doors. DeLorean so. doors, yeah. Um, and it's crazy expensive. I want to say that car is like 150 grand or something like that. Mm. Uh, whereas the Tesla Model Y starts at, I believe, 39000 So yep. very affordable family car. Um, Same chassis as the the three. Yep. Yeah. With the ability to have seven seats. Wow. Seven seats is an upgrade, of course. It's a $3,000 upgrade, but you can have seven seats in the Model Y. So it was really interesting to watch because there was an unveiling event, you know, naturally. They, but watching the event was really, really kind of cool. Not because necessarily the why I wasn't that excited necessarily about that particular model. But the event itself kind of reminded me of like Apple back in the day. Like when they launched the iPhone in the App Store and like they were like, oh, well, now we have 800 billion apps, you know, that kind yes. of thing. Um, so they were kind of going through these slide decks and, and the initial slide decks were like, oh, here's Gigafactory five years ago or whatever it was, right? And it's just like an empty field. And they're like, here's Gigafactory now. And they show a picture of current today. And then they're like, oh, and this is, by the way, this is only a quarter done, right? And it already has a huge land footprint. Wow. And then they do the same thing for their China factory. Uh, and they were like, well, and that one's going to be, I don't, you know, I don't remember the exact number, but they're like, oh, that'll be eight times fa bigger than Gigafactory. And you're just like, 
The scale of that is like, yeah, exactly. Like, how do you even have that much land available? Same thing with like the supercharger network. They showed like, oh, well, five years ago or eight years ago, I can't remember the numbers, but they had, you know, 15 superchargers across the United States or across the world. And now they have hundreds of thousands. So like in the scale of like, say, five years. So like, it's just like the, the numbers are just so impressive and how quickly they're moving. Granted, they're burning through cash like crazy, but uh it was just really really cool to watch like their progression and their growth and like even despite all these people saying you know you're never going to make it you're never going to make it like the things that they're doing are pretty pretty impressive that was one of the criticisms of the announcement i heard is that because they're charging a larger deposit i think it's what thirty five hundred dollars could be i'm not totally twenty five hundred twenty five hundred i think it was a thousand before right thousand down you put yes down for years. that's correct for the three yeah so now they're asking for a little bit more money up front for the deposit it's not actually a deposit i forget what they call it it's just like some bullshit thing and then you gotta pay more when the car's you know later on but but that was a uh, it knocked the stock down originally because people were speculating that they were so hurting for cash that they had to announce this so they could just like get a bunch of people to sign up for it and then raise some money quick little fundraiser it's yeah, I think I looked at their stock recently and it had it had been sliding even even post this announcement. I don't know where it's at currently if it's come back up at all, but um yeah, the, the Model Y has been kind of in the works for a very long time. They've there's been rumors of it for a very long time, so I don't think it was <laughs> something that they were just like, "Oh, let's, you know, s- pump out another version of something real quickly to make some more cash." Like I don't, you know, it's been in the works for quite a while. I thought it looked pretty cool and the fact that you got a lot the similar for having seven seats performance bad the rain all that stuff was i don't remember now it was very close. they're very similar to the model three like most everything was very similar it, the interior looks almost exactly the same as the model three like there's almost no perceptible difference uh so the car itself looks very 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 close so if you like the model three you'll probably like this and it's an suv so it has a little more room uh you know there's more vertical room in, inside a side room so the thing that I did hear, though, is kind of back to the story that we we did last week where they had kind of retracted their uh, well, the showroom thing where they were going to close all their showrooms. That was the one that I heard that maybe that was a gimmick because suddenly now they're announcing, oh, well, we have a backlog of all these cars that we have to produce because there was a sudden spike in people that wanted, yep. wanted uh, you know, the various cars because they weren't going to be able to go to the showrooms and check them out or whatever the case might have been. So like now people are like, well, was that a media uh, a publicity stunt, basically. Yeah, it's a little yeah. suspicious if you have a 10-year lease running still. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, they wouldn't do something like that, I'm sure. Um, the other thing to note about this car, which is really interesting because people have wondered if this was going to be the case for a very long time. So they now have the Model S, the Model 3, the Model X, and this is the Model Y. Sexy. Sexy, yeah. They even yeah. alluded to it in, in the actual uh, demonstration. Really? Yeah. Yeah, so Tes- Tesla is sexy now. I always thought their stuff was. Yeah. The Falcon Wing door. That's what Rain, rain reminds me. Falcon Wings? There you go. Yeah. That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Good to know. Very cool, dude. Well, I'm happy that you are happy that you got some new Tesla news on the podcast today. That's great. Yeah. Well, we wouldn't want to miss a week. Yeah. <laughs> a lot happens in seven <laughs> days over there. Um, very cool, man. Uh, did you hear about the announcement of the new gaming platform out of Google? Google Stadia? You know, I've seen a ton of screenshots of controllers for this thing. Yeah, yeah, it looks kind of like an Xbox style controller, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I I don't know a lot of the details of this. It just came out. I just skimmed over a few things, but I thought it was interesting because it doesn't require 
hardware. It's not a, um, well, it's not a dedicated hardware device, right? It's not like a PS4 or something else that you have to go to the store and buy. Like it'll work on all kinds of existing hardware, mobile phones, uh, laptop, whatever, whatever you've got that you can, um, pull the web up on, it will work with. So they're moving more to the kind of idea. There's a number of these platforms that are going to this like streaming concept so that you don't need the hardware necessarily to run it. Really all you need is a screen that can stream the video That's right. and the hardware is backed somewhere else. That's right. Yeah. It's all, it's all cloud based. Uh, the compute power that they have in the cloud supposedly is, is more like per, you know, for you or me would be more powerful than an Xbox and a PS4 combined. Right. Um, so you're getting 4K, 60 frames per second um, performance out of it, all rendered in the cloud, streamed to you. And what I thought was really impressive about the demo was they had somebody on YouTube that clicked into a game and it just fired right up. Like, I don't know. what I don't know games. I don't play games. But yeah, opened it up, clicked on it, and they're instantly in the game. It's a lot like what we do, what we're doing in the tech industry, where everything, same thing, everything's moving to the cloud. There's so much more power there. There's so much more scalability available there. Same thing with games, right? Like now, if you're not playing, uh, your resources can be dedicated to somebody who is playing. So yeah. there's a lot more uh, hardware that can be thrown at it, and it can be spun up in in incredible rates. Um, and then, like I said, if you're not familiar with how this technology may work, then basically you're running a game on a server that's, you know, let's say in Seattle. Uh, and then you're basically getting a streaming video feed back to you that's of, not, of what that video is or game is doing, basically, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. It's not unlike what we talked about a few weeks ago with HoloLens 2. Same idea, right? You have this dumb headset that can stream video. It's a streaming service on your face, and then all the compute is being sent back to the cloud and then being updated and sent back to you in real near real time. And you don't have to manage any of the games, right? Like, like you said, they're already there. They're already updated. You don't have to deal with installing software, updating software, or doing any of the maintenance of that on your own. It's all handled for you. Yeah. The other piece of it that's going to be huge for them is using their controller to play these games. There's some button that will start up a, a live stream on YouTube. And so there's already an insane amount of people that watch live stream on YouTube. I don't remember how many hundreds of millions of people, but it's like, there, it's a big, big bet on them. Right now, Google gets more than 200 million logged in daily active users watching gaming content. Um, and so from an ad perspective, like they can, they can just go, you know, they're going to go through the roof with this. Like if everybody has one of these little controllers and now they're streaming live, oh shit, look out. Well, and that's the crazy thing too, is like, I assume, I don't know this for a fact, I'm going to just kind of go with it, but I assume if you have that controller, you probably can connect it to any of your devices, probably your phone. Tablet, yeah, it's probably whatever a Bluetooth connection. Yeah. So if, as long as you have that little controller with you, you can move from device to device to device and keep playing the same game, even though you don't have it necessarily like quote unquote installed as you would think of today. Oh, that'd be right? pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. I'll have to read more about it. it it's hot off the press. Yeah. Ish. I've seen a ton of, ton of news about this, so it's pretty exciting. I'm pretty sure Steam has a similar product. Uh, I thought Microsoft had something coming out with this as well. I th oh, it's um, Xbox has the same or a similar thing where you can stream to, I think, your TV as well I don't, I got, through the Xbox or something. I don't remember, but I saw something very similar. A lot of them are working on very similar products like this, but this is exciting. I think it'll be fun to see what happens. I would actually do this. I would try it out. Yeah. Data, here's some data center specs. This is just fun. I like this kind of thing. 
Um, the Stadia data center PCs where games will actually be running will use Linux. And the GPU, 10.7 teraflops. That's a lot of flops. 56 compute units. Custom x86 processors, 2.7 gigahertz, hyper-threaded memory, 16 gigs of RAM. That doesn't seem that impressive. Hmm. Yeah, whatever. PC Master Race, as my uh, my friend Gomer from the Slack would say. PC what? <laughs> I play on consoles a lot. I usually play on Xbox and stuff like that. So anytime that we game together, he'll he's playing on a PC. Uh-huh. You know, and he's a PC gamer. He's got pretty high-end specs on his machine. So he always, you know, anytime... He can kill somebody that I can't or something like that. Oh, PC Master Race. Oh, PC Master Race. Oh, man. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Okay. Well, let's move on to the next one here. Before we move on real quickly, uh, it's something that I brought up earlier this week with somebody else. It's just funny the kind of the transitions that we continue to go through in the computing world. Because I remember back in the day, like when I first started working, my first computer job was at my uh, community college that I went to. And I was setting up old WISE terminals, if you remember those. Dumb terminals. Dumb terminals, yeah. That basically was a screen that connected to a, like a mainframe server somewhere in the building or off the building, you know, whatever. And we now have went from that to everybody in the world had their own personal computer. You had your own tower. You had your own whatever. And now we're kind of going back to that model again, right? Everything's not on your machine. It's on some other machine somewhere else. Exactly. So, And it's a it's similar but different paradigm too because, yeah, you now it's like like we've talked about a few times, it's becoming just something to stream. As long as you can get video and we can kind of do the input-output to the cloud now. Latencies have gotten low enough. Well, the, the cable that we taught, the undersea cable, like the low latency, <laughs> yeah. right? Like we've, we've advanced to a point now where latencies are getting so low that you don't have to even have the box right there to do it for you. You can have it, send it off site and bring it back. It is cool to see how it goes back and forth like that, though. Right. Um, yeah. Let's grab one more story here. We got uh, the Apple AirPods version two were announced. Uh, was that this morning? Yeah, I saw it today. I what were your thoughts was. on this? Well, I like the idea. For one thing, wireless charging is a huge plus. We were kind of talking about that. We thought that would happen, right? I was disappointed when I got my original ones and they didn't have wireless charging. I was surprised too. It was probably just a quick, well, there's a couple things about that. They probably could have done that, but then they wouldn't have an easy V2, right? This is kind of a layup. Yeah, there's not a ton of... Uh, substantive substantive is that how you say substantive 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 uh updates here aside from the wireless charging yeah the only other thing i heard that was interesting was the battery life um calls you get an extra hour on calls which i think was a 50 percent increase or something like that and they're doing that with the update of a new chip yes yeah a more efficient chip yeah they have updated the chip so you get a little bit more battery life it's more efficient uh and wireless charging if you're an Apple V1 AirPod owner such as myself, uh, and you have them too. I do. Then you can pay $79 to upgrade your case to have wireless charging. And it works on the standard wireless. Chi charger. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So am I going to upgrade? I don't think so. I'm not going to pay one. I think it's $199. Not worth the upgrade for me. I just bought these. And uh, probably not going to get the wireless case because I don't really charge them a whole lot. The, the fact that you can hold the charge in the case, I love that. And so I usually can get by for a few days at a time. I'm not always on the phone or always listening to music with those. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I don't think I would buy these. Like, they didn't change anything. The design's the same. The color's the same. Everything everything about them is the same with the exception of the wireless charger and the chip, really. And the chip, 
in the battery life to me is not a is not a big enough win to warrant the upgrade nor is the wireless charging although convenient uh you plug it in for what 10 minutes and the thing's like full <laughs> rain rain asked the question he wants to know but will they fall out of your ear hmm well they fall out of my ears all the time so yeah. i don't know they're not that's another i would have that gripe too i mean they're definitely not one size does not fit all that is a that yeah. is a definite complaint that i have of them although these more so than like the wired ones like i always i could never get those to stay in for anything these are at least a little better yeah for me i, I have an adjustment on them i usually pop them in and when i do it the first time they're sticking out and then i tuck them under and it seems to hold a little better huh. but i would say from apple's point of view that's a that's a that's a feature not a bug you know they sell a lot more uh, airpods when you lose them every few, few weeks <laughs> yeah that's probably true <laughs> but they are uh, they are at least partially waterproof I, I know from a couple people now that have uh, had them in water be very careful about that i did research on it and people have had mixed results if the thing on the in, if the internal gets water the piece that's in your ear then you're pretty much hosed but um, you, some people have done it and gotten a little splish splash on it, and it's fine. <laughs> I know when we were in Greece, my good friend Aaron uh, took a dive into a pool and lost him. Fell out of the ears. Yeah. Lost him to the bottom of the pool. I don't think she had her contacts in her glasses on or whatever, so she couldn't find him. Oh, no. So it sat down there for, I don't know, 30 minutes probably, underwater. And she did the whole rice trick, put it in a bowl of rice. Asked the hotel for a bowl of rice. No randomly. shit. Give me some dry rice. And they brought it, and yeah, we uh, powered it up the next day, and it worked just fine. So wow. she still uses them to this day. Wow, that's a testimonial, if I've ever heard one. That's that's way beyond what they're supposed to do. And uh, one day I came riding in from, from home on my bike and was in the uh, locker room, and you were, you were showering with yours on, talking I, to your brother or something random. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I was taking a phone call, and I thought, well, I'll just be very c- careful in there and be delicate with him. So, yeah. Yep. <laughs> well, they survived that so far, right? So they did. it must not be too bad. I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, another like another 50,000 miles, man. Yeah, exactly. I, I still love the things. I mean, the quality on them, like, again, the quality of the audio that we talked about the other episode, they're great. Like, the sound quality is wonderful. So, highly would recommend them, but I don't think this is an upgrade step if you already own a pair. The verdict is in. Kyle speaks. That's right. Boom. Until next time. Yeah. Anything else you need to go over before we get out of here? I think we're good. All right. Well, thanks for everybody for listening uh, on the various chat apps. We had some a whole bunch of people feedback. That was cool. Uh, we are uh, at www.coffeecodecast.com slash live. The artwork for the show is provided by Yerne the Gentle Giant. You can see more of his wonderful illustrations at www.coffeecodecast.com slash gentle giant. If you have an idea for the show, or want to chat with us like anybody else did here. I thought that was really great, by the way. Thanks for doing that today, guys. Yeah, on Twitter, at Coffee CoffeeCodeCast, or uh, we are available at email, CoffeeCodeCast at gmail.com. We're on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Play Music, wherever you get your podcasts. And you can find everything else at www.CoffeeCodeCast.com. So thanks for listening, everybody. See you next time.